Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask if you would to turn to the book of Mark, 11th chapter, 12 through 14, and then 19 through 22. Mark writes, And on the morning when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. Verse 14, And Jesus answered and said unto it, meaning the fig tree, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Verse 19 through 22. And when he was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, have Faith in God. Eternal God, we are coming before you this morning, realizing that we need you like never before. We ask, O Lord Jesus, as we read this text, let it be, Lord, found afresh and anew. Help us, O Lord, not just to be a hearer of this word today, but help us to be responsible to, Lord, live it out. Lord, we ask you right now, God, to, Lord, touch our hearts, our minds, and our souls, that, God, we will be one with you as the word of God is, Lord, being ministered. Now, Lord, if there's any in this house that has, Lord, been found perplexed of late because of situations and conditions, we ask, Lord, that they look to you now, the author and finisher of our faith. We ask, God, if there are any needs in the house, we know that you're here to meet and supply all of them according to your riches and glory. And, Lord, most of all, Lord, help me, your servant, be found decreasing as we watch you increase. And always, Lord, I need thine anointing. For it is through your anointed word that hearts are convicted, minds are changed, and souls are saved. And, Lord, if there's anyone in our viewing audience, whatever, Lord, platform we may have, whether it be Facebook Live, whether it be, Lord Jesus, YouTube Live or Anchor, we want them to receive a word today that will convict, convince and convert them. And if they've never been baptized in your name or repented of their sins, nor filled with the Holy Ghost, we pray that that happens today. And when it is said and done, 
We'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Let everyone say in Jesus' name. I want to minister to you from the remaining time that I have from the thought. Have faith in God. Our text stated, have faith in God. However, we find ourselves living in a day and a time where people are being encouraged to put their faith in everything and anything but God. You may have even found yourself as a believer in Jesus Christ being swayed that way because of the pandemic, because of situations that are, that are occurring right now in your life. However, the scripture declares that our faith is to be rooted and grounded in God and God alone. Have faith in God means believing God's promises. How, how many of you know he's a promise keeper? Hallelujah. The Bible is full of promises from God. And he has found himself to be a promise keeper. So we're to have faith in God, meaning we're going to believe God's promises. We're going to trust in God's faithfulness. How many of you know he's faithful? Even when we're not, God is faithful. And we're to also trust in God's faithfulness and relying on God's character and faithfulness to act on our behalf. I once said this and I qualify it by saying what matters to you and you and you and you, it matters to God. How do I know that? Because he said to cast all your care upon him for he careth. You better watch out now. He careth for you. So let's go back for a moment to our text found in Mark 11, 12 through 14. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. Somebody said he was hungry. <laughs> he was hungry. Now, I know that sounds somewhat strange. How could he be hungry, seeing though that he was God? But let's not forget, he was also man. Therefore, the natural side of him, which was his humanity, was hungry. Now, as we look back at Verse 11, I think it is, is noteworthy to, to see this. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. Somebody say he was on assignment. And he went and he looked round about upon all things. So, so he's in the house of God. He's in the place of worship. He's looking at everything that's going on. My brothers and sisters, Guests and our visitors, and you out there in the media land, God is looking right now. Even though we might not be in church, he's looking on how you are reverencing the message as it's being broadcast. So Jesus is looking, and the Bible says, round about all things. And guess what? And now the evening was come. And they went out unto Bethany. He went out unto Bethany with the twelve. 
You see, verse 11, it shares with us what's actually happening right now. It's gotten pretty late in the evening. And the the sun is going down. And perhaps he hadn't eaten anything. And if you've ever chronicled and, and followed Jesus through his ministry, there were times he didn't get sleep. There was times he didn't get anything to eat. There was times he was thirsty. Why? Because he was the God man. And so this tells us that it's it's getting late in the evening and perhaps he hadn't even eaten anything. And now we find them leaving the temple. He's leaving. He's looked at the assignment and he saw all that he needed to see. And then it says, they were found then leaving. Verse 13 says, and seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, if happily, he might find anything thereon. (laughs) And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of the figs was not yet. You see, When the fig tree's leaves are out and they're on the tree, it lets us know that figs are there. So so when the leaves are out on the fig tree, that means that there are figs. The leaves are the external proof that figs are on the tree. However, when he came to the tree, he discovered there was no figs. No, just a bunch of leaves. In other words, there was an external reality with no internal reality. It was an external show. You know how we put on a show. It was an external show with no internal meaning, no substance there. See, people are coming. People are dying as we wake up. We see the numbers plastered. But even in the midst of death, there's some people that's hungry and thirsty and want God. So they come in a place like this. And they're looking for the real, not fake church. It was an external show with no eternal meaning. There was the look of figs without the reality of figs. And simply put, my brothers and sisters, guests, and or visitors. Its display was a total misrepresentation. False advertisement, if you please. You see, it's like some of the Christians who say one thing, but they live another. Who profess, but don't possess. And we call that a misrepresentation. Or better yet, a misleading by way of false advertisement by not being who we say we are supposed to be. We are supposed to be the children of God, the children of the most high God. We are supposed to be his representation in the earth. We are the light and we are the salt of the earth. We are supposed to be holy because he is holy, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And the scripture says from that, from such, turn away. 
See, the scripture doesn't even want us to be bothered with folk that are saying one thing. James Brown wrote a song years ago, talking loud and saying nothing. Oh, yeah, I ain't always been saved. I used to listen to some JB. And that one thing he said, he was on the money. But having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. The scripture says from such turn away. That's found in 2 Timothy 3 and 5. Now, as we are continuing to, to look at this, Jesus had gone from temple to temple, observing, looking at the religious leaders and the people who claim to be those who keep the commandments of God. But they were just the opposite. Anybody ever looked at somebody that you admire as a believer and you watch their life and then all of a sudden you start realizing what the scripture said is true, that we are to look at the fruit, not the individual, but the fruit that they bear. But people sometimes are just the opposite of the fruit that they're supposed to bear. They were hearers of the word, but not doers. They were all shown one thing. In other words, they were all show and no action. They were a church full of leaves and no fruit. As we go on into this account, because don't forget, the, the, the thought is have faith in God. But as we look at this, we see Jesus is now a day's journey. He sees this fig tree, hungry, desires fruit from it. It has no figs on it. And the Bible says he curses the tree. If you continue on, I said that Jesus was, Jesus was on an assignment. He was going from temple to temple, looking and observing and seeing. Now he comes to another temple in Jerusalem. And lo and behold, he finds them in the house of God with turtle doves, buying and selling, the exchanger of the money he was there. In case you didn't know, that person was making a profit on the children of God. Because in order to give into the worship experience financially, how many of you know uh, we can give financially in our worship? And so in order for them to do that, they had to go to the money exchanger to get the temple coins that they could put into the offering. Because the Roman coins weren't good. But the person that had the Roman coins, he made a mint on them. And Jesus is looking at all of this. And the Bible says that he chased the money changers out. And all of those people that were there, they had gotten so disrespectful and not reverencing the house of God. They would take their wares. They would take their turtle doves and, and they'd say, you know what? In order to get from point A to point B is a shortcut. Let me go through the church carrying their wares. That's why Jesus drove the money changers out. And I'm saying to you, people are looking for church, real church, authentic church place where they can come and sense and feel the presence of God. It's sad when they come in and, and they find us playing church. So Jesus has had his full on this assignment, lo looking from one temple to another and seeing the various things that show that there were nothing but leaves, but no life in the church. So that brings us to, our, to the point in our scripture where it was Amazing. It was something that 
had never been done before. Don't, don't forget, uh, these are people that Jesus had walked with for three and a half years. He had poured himself into them. But when we look at this account at Mark, you, you won't find this in any other account where he curses a plant or vegetation. And the Bible says, and in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the root. Now, that in itself was an attention getter. The Bible said that Peter recalling to his memory saith unto him, Master, behold. In other words, look at this phenomena. The fig tree which thou curseth is withered away. Peter is saying, now, Lord, in a 24-hour period, you changed the whole landscape and you caused that fig tree to be cursed from the root up. How can that be? How can something like this happen? Now, it's not really in a, a question form, if you read it. He's making a statement. But Jesus knows there's a question in that. And so Jesus says, I, I know you didn't put it like this. You wonder how can I operate and respond in such a way just like that? And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. This is where I wanted to get to. <laughs> he said, who I am and what I do, it can happen just like that. I know somebody in the congregation, you've been praying on a situation for a long time. But my brother and my sister, and maybe you out there on this media platform that we are so blessed to have, you're wondering, how can God do it? He simply says, have faith in God. He's going to give you and me and all of us the secret to what it means to have faith in God. Again, Faith in his promises, faith in his faithfulness, faith in the fact that he will respond accordingly to your need. Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. And then this is what he says. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, you came in here today and there's a mountain facing you, a mountain of discouragement. Maybe it's a financial mountain. Whatever your mountain is, you brought a mountain into the house today. And Jesus is saying, have faith in God. And by doing so, I'm going to tell you how you do it. Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say, you got to start speaking to your situation. You've got to start speaking to your mountain. You've got to understand you don't bow down to your mountain. But you stand up and you speak a word into the atmosphere. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed. <laughs> Whatever the mountain you brought in here today, tell it. Be thou removed. In other words, you need to be relocated. Get up out of my face. Say unto the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. See, that's the issue. That's why he said have faith in God. Because some of us right now, we are faint hearted. We're looking at this pandemic 
from the wrong viewpoint. If you ever got to look at it from how God sees it, I'm using this. I'm going to call some folk that have never given me the time of day. They're going to start praying to me. They're going to start seeking my face and turning from their wicked ways. Start speaking to the mountain pallet to be gone. And not doubt in your heart, but shall believe. See, that's the other part. You got to believe if you want to receive. They're connected. Believing and receiving. And believe in your heart that those things which he saith. See, it's, it's what you say. It's what you speak. What comes out of your mouth. See, some of us, we're so used to negativity. We're so used to always speaking wrong things, and it's become a part of us. Remember, the Bible said death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Watch what you're eating. You've got to speak to that mountain. You've got to believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. My Lord, you know you've been around here for a minute, as they say. What do I teach and believe? If you're going prayer, if you're going pray, don't. And if you're going to worry, stop nullifying your blessing by your negativity. You'll walk away. Oh yeah, Pastor, I believe. And as soon as you get out the door, nobody knows the trouble I'm in. You know what? Come on, saints. When you speak to the mountain. Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. You've got to believe in your heart that it has come to pass. And it says, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. Somebody say, this is a conditional promise. Let me say this. God has two types. He has conditional and unconditional. Conditional means you've got to do something. You have a part to share. But unconditional is saying, you know what, I don't care what. I said it, that settles it, and it's going to happen for you. But these are conditional promises. In order for it to come to pass, to come to fruition, you've got to speak to your mountain. And then he says, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever ye desire. Okay, see, but this is what he says. Therefore I say unto you, unto you, what things soever ye desire, believe that ye shall receive them, and ye shall have them. My Lord, you see how simple that is? If it's conditional, and I meet the conditions, I can have whatsoever I'm asking. Remember, it says in 1 John 5, 14, 15, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, maybe some of that stuff ain't according to God's will that you're asking for. Man, Lord, I sure would like. And don't you know God knows what you're going to be like when you get what you want? Be like some of them people, Pastor, man, Pastor, I got a transportation problem. Pastor, you just pray for me that I get a car. And, I pr- and guess what? The Lord does that. He gives them a car. And guess what? The only thing I hear is a horn bonking, passing by the church. Bop, bop. But what, what he's saying to you, if we really get it in our spirit, therefore I say unto you, what things whoever ye desire when ye pray, 
not if you pray. Some of our prayer lives is shot. We can't spend five minutes in prayer before we're getting up. We can't spend time, quality time with him. I know this is not a popular message. Sir, ma'am, can you please just give him at least some of the time that you devote to your favorite soap opera? But for us to pray an hour, whoo, we'd be sweating bullets. Looking at our, man, is it over yet? I'm not trying to make light. I'm just telling you the truth. We can't spend time, quality time with God because we're bored. We don't want to hear what he has to say. And another thing, when we pray, this is the extent of our prayer. Lord, would you, Lord, would you give me this? And Lord, would you give me that? And Lord, would you do this? And Lord, please do that. And after that, brush our knees off. And that's if you've still been on your knees to pray. And then we're, psh, we're on our way. I think it's high time we stop wanting the blessings and not the blesser. A lot of times we want the blesser when things are going south. A lot of times we want the blesser when we look at people and we see what they have. And we say, Lord, let me have the same thing. Well, let me tell you, God is no respecter person. What he does for one, he'll do for the other. But you better be doing what they're doing. See, some of them people that you're looking at and you're envying and you're saying, I wish, you don't know anything about their prayer life. You don't know how many times a week they set their plate aside. You don't know how many times they fall on their face and cry and leave tears in the wake of being with God. Jesus goes on to say, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. A lot of people look when I respond, ask you to re respond, you waved your hand. You told me you have desires. Well, if you have desires according to this, you should start believing right now that you shall have them. I wish I'd get one person right there to believe that, that you shall have them no matter what comes or goes. But when Jesus is saying to Peter, and to the disciples have faith in God. He's saying this is the blueprint of how you maintain your faith in God. He says, verse 25, and when ye stand praying, forgive. Because we have an issue and it's called forgiveness. Because see, this is that condition. Remember, two types of promises, conditional and unconditional. This is one of those conditional promises that you must do. As you're standing praying, forgive. I know somebody right now saying, but preacher, you just don't know. You don't know what they did to me and how it hurt me and how even right now I've got situations going up on the top of my brain that I can't even reconcile. Somebody did something to me and I just can't let it go. Well, brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, you better let it go. If you want to get to heaven, if you want your ticket punched, he says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your father also, which is in heaven, will forgive you your trespasses. You see how this thing works? Okay, you want to forgive? God bless you. I'm going to forgive you. But you want to be that one that's saying, I don't care what comes. I'm never forgiven. Guess what? You won't be forgiven. Somebody say, well, how are you going to say that? 
because verse 26 says, and if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Now, I I'm almost done. Let me ask you a question, sir, ma'am. Can you afford not to have your sins washed in the blood of the lamb? And you know what? Some of us have done some dastardly deeds. We've done some dirt. And he's forgiving you. But now you say, I can't forgive. He says, okay. Well, then I can't forgive you. Have faith in God. Have faith in the fact that he looked beyond your fault and saw your needs. Saw what kind of person you were. But he also saw what you would be if you gave your life to him. Just back, just like back then, Jesus is hungry. And he wants to see the fruit that he's coming after. Will you be that saint of God that's full of leaves and no substance? Full of leaves and no fruit. Full of leaves but no living. There you head bow and all eyes closed. Just for a moment, put yourself in the position of Jesus. Seeing what appears to be a fruitful fig tree, realizing that you are hungry, you are desiring to taste the sweetness of the fig. Desiring to have that piece of fruit that will nourish you and take you perhaps on to your next day's journey. Only to find out there's nothing but leaves. How would you feel? Jesus is coming to us as we are a fig tree. We're showing signs. We're showing things that outwardly, yes, we're dressing to the nine and, and we have the right speech to say and we have all of the things that are the tangibles that people say I'm looking for in a Christian. But Jesus goes beyond that and he wants to see what's on the inside. What do you like on the inside? Are you hollow? Are you corrupt? Jesus wants not leaves, but he wants life. The altars are open right now. If you're here today and God is ministering to you, even right now, and you want to make that change, you want to be that person that says, Lord, I don't want to be full of leaves, but I want to be full of fruit. Now is your opportunity. Today is the day. Harden not your heart as they did in the day of provocation. Are you here? Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive. And with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Amen.